the scammers had figured out how to send scam messages, which people fell for, and, and folks were losing a lot of money. There's, a, there's an interesting article on this if you want to do some of the research here, and you can certainly look. The article, this article says, Zelle network banks begin reimbursing imposter scam victims. Welcome in, everybody. You're listening to Wrestling Payments, a podcast where we help payment professionals contend with the challenges of modernizing their payments operations and identifying ways to build for the future. If you're interested in payments innovation and modernization, you're in the right place. Now, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Payments. I am your host, Joe Casali. I'm glad to be here. Uh, we have a special event today. We are talking about different highlights within the industry. What's happening? What are things you, you may have missed, but we want to pay attention to? And, and what does it mean to you? So I have three topics today. I'm going to review those. If you are a member of Niche, you've probably seen these topics because we've already discussed them. But if you're not a member... Let me highlight them for you. So this is a weekly email we've sent out and we talk about three things that are going on in the industry. And they may not seem, you know, groundbreaking to you, but they, they have implications that I think you may want to be interested in. So our first topic, and, and we have three, the, the, the topics are a new hire at RTP, the, the clearinghouse and real-time payments network. We have new regulation in the works and a move by Zelle to refund money based on scam victims that have been happening in that system. So let's, let's get started. So I did wonder whether I should include this or not, but there is a news report out of the clearinghouse that Keith Melton, and I may be saying that wrong, but Keith Melton is joining the Clearinghouse. He is joining as Senior Vice President and RTP Strategic Program Management. And you may say to yourself, Joe, why do we care? They hired someone. Great. What you may not have seen or observed, because, you know, I only observed it by the fact that something was missing. There's been some staff turnover at the Clearinghouse. So I thought it was interesting that uh, this is yet another um, hire. This Keith comes from the Federal Reserve System. Prior to that, he comes from IBM and SunTrust Bank. And he's all about innovation. I, I did my own little Google, and he was up for an award in 2019 around innovation while he was at the Federal Reserve, uh, pre-COVID, I believe that was. So what does it mean? What does it mean for that network, the RTP network, uh, are, they, are they getting prepared to ramp up and expand? Are they getting to, ready to um, innovate more and, and work with their current customers? I'm not sure, but I can tell you there's been a lot of change at the clearinghouse. I'm not sure if you're familiar with how fintechs work, right? So if you see a fintech, usually a really bright guy starts it as a founder. And as they develop, and as they seek additional funding, not that I think RTP is seeking additional funding, but as they seek additional funding, there's concessions, there's new board members, there's new management 
involved. Some round of funding may depend on improving something. And again, this is not a funding question, but it is a talent question. And there is new talent being injected into RTP. And what will it mean for that network? Let's stay tuned. Now, the next topic is the CFBP. CFB, CFPB. Sorry, excuse me. I always, you know, Boston, I always blend those together. Now, the CFPB is often a, I don't know, slightly controversial organization. They, you know, they, they were born, I know, within the last 20 years. Their funding is a question. Their, you know, their, their mission is a question. There was questions about how they chose their leadership positions. But they are there to protect consumers. And they have new legislation or new regulation they're working on. Now, we are not, certainly not, big fan. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of more regulation. But this one's really interesting. And I, I, maybe I, I bring up a, a resource for this. Let me uh, look at my notes. In this case, they are talking about a new regulation, and they've been pretty active recently around regulation and around different protections, again, for consumers. We're talking about consumer transactions in automobile and lending. Now, this, it's a process put out by the Federal Reserve or the federal government for any new rule. They put it out for comment. They have a, a certain period of comment period. And then it, if there's, there's no response or they, they decide they're not going to make any changes, it becomes law. So in this case, they are looking to regulate large non-bank technology providers, really uh, maybe digital wallet providers or transaction providers. And they say large, and their definition of large in this scenario is an organization that um, sends out 5 million transactions. And I highly encourage you, and I, I will share this. This is off the CFPP website. You can go to their website and you see new rule making, but let me let me share this if I know how. Let me press a button to share. Yeah, screen. Yeah. So there's there's my notes, but let's take a look at the legislation. So this is 12 CFR Part 1090, and this this goes through how you, how you make comments. They're requesting comments from the public. They're going to review those comments. They Again, I, I use my words in the beginning of this really clearly because they are about consumer transactions. So they're talking about consumer transactions. And I would almost guess it's person-to-person -person transactions because they're not talking about paying a bill. They're not talking about paying a loan. They're not talking about a credit product. So, yeah, there it is, digital wallets. They're talking about digital wallets, payment apps, fund transfer apps, person-to-person -person payment apps. They're talking about P2P payment, and they're talking about regulating technology companies around that. Back to the idea that I'm not a big fan about more regulation, but I, I do think this has a leveling the playing field effect. And I say that because banks, credit unions, they are required to follow regulation from their regulator. They all have different regulators. CFPP is one of those regulators in certain cases. 
But tech companies don't really have the same requirements. So this, this rulemaking proposal is to put a little more requirements and put large technology, P2P, digital wallet companies under regulation with the CFPB. I, you know, again, the underlying idea is we don't need no more regulation, but I think there's, there's an area where it is an unlevel playing field and tech companies don't have the same scrutiny that financial institutions have. Now, is that a problem? Maybe it may be above my pay grade, but the the one of the problems is say these technology companies aren't regulated. The minute they touch a payment system, they're using a financial institution to do that. So what happens is because the financial institutions are required to regulate and monitor and protect consumer protections, they already come under the scrutiny of the bank. And the bank's responsible for making sure all due diligence is followed. In this scenario, this rulemaking will put onus directly on those institutions, those technology companies, to follow uh, some of the same rules and some of the same rules that banks and credit unions have to follow. And I say some because it really is a, a real tiny slice. This is not a bill payment company that pays all bills. This is literally person-to-person payments for the most part. So it's not, it's not the entire universe. It is a, a small sliver of um, payments that will come under this, this regulation. Uh, love to know your thoughts on this, uh, especially if it's a, yeah, it levels the playing field. And what about money service businesses? So interested in what you have to say. This has a 30-day 30 30-day 30 time frame. It recently went out. So if you're going to comment on it, you have about 30 days to do that from now, maybe 15 at this point. So take a look at that if you're interested. And if you're just interested in how does the government make rules, this is how the government makes rules. This is how regulation changes. So maybe you could peek at that and see what that process is as well. Let me stop sharing, go back to my stories, and I I really have just one more story for today. And this is a really interesting story. If you are unaware, in general, fraud is, is generally on the incline. There's more fraud happening. Maybe there's more bad guys. Maybe there's, they're getting smarter. Maybe they're getting more tech savvy. I know my, my son has been almost scammed at least two times in the last six months where, with really legitimate sounding problems. Um, Fortunately, he has a dad who says, no, mm -mm, don't trust him. And, and they were both scams. It was crazy. But in this case, we talk about Zelle. And if you're unfamiliar, Zelle is a bank-provided product um, run by financial institutions, large financial institutions. And uh, it, it's a competitor to Venmo, where Venmo is, is run by PayPal. So this pay, uh, PayPal runs and is responsible for Venmo. Big banks, early warning system, the bigger banks in the, in the country run this payment channel. And what was happening over the summer and maybe the beginning of this year, I, I sometimes lose track of time, but what was happening is folks were getting messages 
to send Zelle payments. And they were sending them because they either sounded legitimate, they thought they were legitimate, they were not legitimate. They, the scammers had figured out how to send scam messages, which people fell for, and, and folks were losing a lot of money. There's, a, there's an interesting article on this if you want to do some of the research here, and you can certainly look. The article, this article says, Zelle network banks begin reimbursing imposter scam victims. If you do Zelle reimburse scam, you're going to get a bunch of search results, and they, they're going to be a lot the same. But if you can uh, look at some of the details, there's one part of it that talked about the amount of help folks were getting from Zelle on these transactions. And, and unfortunately, that may have been less than the government certainly liked, but less than was useful to customers. Now, it's a, it's a tough a tough thing as a banker to work with because the banker didn't make any mistake. The, and I'm sure people would disagree with that, but a person got a message that says, pay whatever for tickets. They paid them. Did they know who they were? They did not. Did they press the buttons? Yes, they did. From a consumer pr protection perspective, sometimes that can be classified as an error under Regulation E. And it's a challenge always for the financial institutions. But in this scenario, Zelle felt the pressure and they began reimbursing customers for many of those fraudulent transactions. Some of them have already been worked out. Some of them have already been denied. Some of them have been approved. But in this case, beginning November 13, they started reimbursing customers for fraudulent transactions, claims. They've, they've certainly received a lot of claims. And, you know, what's happened since? Well, you know, when you, when you face a problem with, with a product or a service, you improve that service. So Zelle has also, early warning, has also taken steps to improve the product. And if you're a Zelle user, you may have seen there's new additional screens that, that are, are you sure? Do you know this person? So, some things like that. I imagine being early warning, which is a, you know, if you're interested in good fintechs, early warning, they're kind of amazing in what they, where they started and where they are now. They offer, there's a lot of behind the scenes technology that is looking at payments as they travel and making decisions on those payments. Do they look suspicious? I don't know what the secret sauce is. I've never been exposed to that back room, but I know they are sophisticated and they're doing more, more steps than you know in the background. And now that they've added additional fraud controls, they're going to be even better at processing transactions for their members and, and customers that use Zelle. But, you know, this is a case where fraud in the network, a network, Zelle network, has resulted in reimbursements from the owners. And, and if you're a financial institution, you know reimbursement by the bank means that the bank is taking the loss on those transactions. So it's not, it's not magic. They're not getting that money from someplace that said we, we, we suffered a loss and we're going to go into the magic pool of fraud loss and take, the, take it out of there. They are suffering losses based on this, but it certainly should make it a better product. This information is freely available on the web. We just want to highlight that 
these are the things we're looking at and are coming across our desk. If you have a topic you'd like to, to discuss or if you have any comments for this, this episode or other episodes, simply send us an email at info at wrestlingpayments.com and we will certainly venture to explore that topic. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time. On behalf of Nietzsche, your trusted resource in payments, and our guests, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more about payments innovation and modernization, you can find the Wrestling Payments Podcast on the podcast page of Nietzsche.org or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Just search for Wrestling Payments in your podcast app. Thanks for listening.